Hi everybody, welcome to the latest installment of the End of Sales podcast. Hope everyone's well who's listening. This is our end of season special. We have a full set tonight, so all six of us, members of the End of Sales podcast are on. My co-host John, Anthony, Ross, William, Francis, how are you all? No worries at all, lads. We've got plenty to talk about. And as I, as I said on the post and stuff on Instagram, this is our version of what we think went wrong. Everyone obviously has different opinions and stuff. And we'll try and keep it lighthearted, even though this season has been a bit of depression for all of us, really. It's been a shambles. But we'll try and put a wee lighthearted spin on it, have a laugh about certain things as well, and try and bring a bit of joy to everyone and hopefully have a laugh while we're doing this episode. So we'll go back right to the start where it all starts. We've seen that summer of this the, this season, well, nigh over, of course, but we signed the, the Adidas sponsorship. So that was a good thing, wasn't it, for everybody? The record, I think it was a record, Dean of Scottish football. Adidas come to the Scotland with Celtic. Then we move on, obviously. Neil Allen's in charge. And then we get to the transfer window. And by all accounts, fair enough to the board, the dead backers, the likes of Moya Lucy come back, Barkas, Albinieri, maybe not proven as much at West Ham, the Premier League, but he. Had a fantastic time at Ball in the Swiss League. And then David Turnbull, a guy who we were after for a long, long time. And unfortunately, this season before, we didn't get him due to the injury, but we stuck with him. Shane Duffy, a proven Irish international, proven defender at English Premier League level. Dago Laxalt, another Uruguayan international, European pedigree, was in the World Cup team of the year in 2018. So all the sayings at that time pointed to a start of a good window, the start of a good season. And at that time, I'll come to you, Ross, Ross yourself first. How, how did you feel at that window? I mean, that famous tweet, of course, everyone goes back to when the, the Celtic Twitter account put up, well, that's a hell of a transfer window of something along them lines. That hasn't aged well. But back then, we were all thinking it, weren't we? Oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, I was I was very satisfied with the business we'd done. Uh, I mean, obviously, I didn't know too much about, um, oh, what do you call him again? You just mentioned him, the striker. That's oh, yeah. Is. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I <clears throat> didn't know too much about him. Uh, same with Barkas, but it was big fees uh, and uh, everything looked rosy in the garden. Uh, but, I mean, we all know what happened after that. Well, that's that's very true. That's something we're going to get stuck into as well. But if you look at it, yeah, I, I mean, Albanieri was, what, second choice to the the famous night guy, Ivan Tony down in the championship with Brentford, who done as a turner. And uh, it's like when you look at them types of things, Missing out in a striker like that. He was in the building, of course. And then we signed Albany Eddy for five million. I think we just needed six hundred thousand more to get Tony over the line. Um, Anthony. And at the start when when you see them, you don't really think about that because you looked at as I said to Ross, you look at the players there and they're all of good pedigree. Granted that Tony was a he was a good goal scorer and stuff for Peterborough, but there was people questioning if he could make that step up. And the Celtic board did go off a proven goal scorer, maybe not as I said in the Premier League, but definitely in the Swiss League anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, like you say, when you look at that transfer, those transfer deals on paper, it, every box is ticked, um, which only makes the, the full, you know, debacle of what followed uh, even more puzzling. Um, with regards to Tony, um, I, there, there seems to be a, a sort of a sort of kind of talk among Celtic supporters just now in the sort of the common thing is to say that to really go, I mean, and you know, I'm very, uh, I'm more than happy to, to criticise the board um, if and when I believe it's uh, justified. With regards to the Tony deal, though, there's a bit of me that's a, a bit sort of, I'm willing to stand back and not criticise him as much as, as what others are because even Tony was in the building. We know that that's that's been you know made as it's been 
classed as a fact that he was in the building and yes, that the deal couldn't be done. But and of course he's went on to do great things um at Brentford. But um there is absolutely no guarantee that even Tony, if he had um signed for Celtic this season, would have looked anywhere like the kind of player um that he is looking like um down south at the minute. If you look at the forum at Odson Edward for the last couple of seasons, um and as still is for him when you look at him in the French under-21s and then look at even Odson when he's playing for Celtic just now, it's it's night and day. Um, so I, I don't think, even if we had signed Tony, that it necessarily would have been this, um, he would have shown the way he has uh, done down south purely because of the um, all the other, you know, the famous phrase, mitigating factors um, surrounding our club <clears throat> at the minute. Um, no, no one, um, if Odson Edward looks as off as he does um, currently, then I don't see what Ivan Tony would have uh, would have been any different. Yeah, I think that's a great point because it's all with hindsight we're looking back in this season. And as you said, all the other factors that Celtic faced, the problems would have still existed whether Tony was there, were there or not. And that's fair <coughs> enough. And coming to yourself, John, the likes of Al Nusi coming back again for a second loan stint, you get the angle Laxalt coming in, we were screaming out for a left-back, we've been trying to replace Kieran Tierney for ages, and it just hasn't quite happened. What, what were you thinking and at that time anyway, right about the transfer window? Were you confident going into this new season? No, yeah, I think I was the same as I'm sure we'll all be in agreement that uh, the, board, the board that uh, they spent money um, and like you say, we, we brought in a number of players, so I mean, you certainly, at, at that point of the season, uh, during that window you're, you're thinking, right, okay, so that's us getting it set up and we're making a push for the 10, but as we've seen, ultimately, uh, a few of the signings have been absolute failures. Um, I've I've been vocal previously. I, I, I rate Elianusi. I think he's a great player. Um, so I was happy to see him come back. Didn't know anything about Laxalt. Um, didn't know anything about uh, Barkash, really, other than uh, times he's played against us. And, yeah, so, I mean, it was... I was happy with the, with the signings, definitely. Yeah, I mean, for me anyway, I'm a bit of a, a Google geek when it comes to the new sentence. So I did a lot of videos on Barkas and the likes of Vietti <clears throat> about their times at different clubs, the likes of AEK, Athens, Basel as well. And you sort of get a feel. Obviously, the famous player was signed for video was Raphael Shiite, and he turned out to be shite. So you don't always go go by video. But coming to yourself, Francis, we always talk about Barkas. He can't be a keeper. I've seen it especially. I know YouTube clips left a lot to be desired, but... Again, uh, he was in a team that was winning trophies. He's got a good European pedigree. He's been number one for Greece for uh, about a year and a half when we signed him. So that transfer window for me, especially the likes of Shane Duffy and also getting David Turnbull, it was a good one because you're signing promising players, but also players with experience, which we needed at that time. Oh, yeah, just I, like what the, the guys were saying there, it's, I think we addressed every position that we really needed to address. And we signed, like, what, the boys were saying there on paper we signed guys of real pedigree, real real calibre. And then I think an also important bit of business is we kept players like Edward, like in Charm, guys that were rumoured to, to be walked away with like Christie, even though you don't rate him either. But I just I think on it was on memory it's one of the best transfer windows I believe we've ever had. But it just it, it couldn't have turned out any worse. <laughs> and it's true, like because as you said there, all the we're all in agreement and come to William last year, but we're all in agreement that the likes of the transfer window was great at the time. 
we were backed upwards of twenty million pounds. So your your big fees there as well, and especially the loan fee for Shane Duffy. I think all together it cost the club three million pounds, obviously including a bit part of his wages as well, William. But is there any part of that transfer window for you that is a letdown? Now I'm talking back from looking back in hindsight. Now, do you think we should have took the gamble, the likes of Tony, and left the Eddie? Obviously, he was David Moyes, famously said he didn't know who he was. So uh, that's that's a warning sign already when you're selling players like that, surely. Um, I'm not so sure about that to be honest with you. Uh, Tony made a great point about Ivan Tony. I don't know if he would have made much of a difference for the way the team's been going about um, their, their their task this year. Uh, even if you disregard the, the guys that have came in, the guys that have been performing for us for the last three, four years haven't performed this year either. So I think that tells you everything. Uh, with, with, with regards to Yeti, I think there's a player there. When he first came in, he was hitting the ground running. He, he was only getting an hour Twenty or the last twenty minutes of a game, and he scored. He had a decent scoring record when he first came in. His scoring goals were fun, and he, he picked up an injury, and we've just not seen much of him again. So, um, we could all be sitting raving this time next year, and yet he's he's banging them in for fun. So, I think it's just one of these seasons again. I, I echo everything everybody was saying. I think it was a at the time a great transfer window for us. I was more than pleased. The only thing I was a bit unhappy about was we didn't sign a another right winger because I think Forrest was injured at the time or, he, or or we didn't have cover if he did get injured so I think that was only a disappointment but I do, I think, remember back at the time I think they did try and get another winger and it just didn't materialise so yeah, at the time uh, I was more than happy and if you've got the guys, some of these guys staying, I think they might show their worth, I really think there's a player in a Yeti, I think he's a proper goal scorer but we're just, we've just not seen any of it, unfortunately, the last four or five months yeah, I mean, one game in particular stands out was the European game. He played against Leiden and he, he was fantastic and we'll touch upon that later. But we're all in agreement there that the transfer window was a great window. Obviously, wingers and stuff left, left a wee bit to be desired because James Forrest and Mickey Johnson, you need to at least sign a replacement there to some of the club. <coughs> but moving forward, the first things that come along that's going to be along this season is the European qualifiers. We started out in the first qualifier round for the EFA Champions League. Our first draw was against KR Reykjavik, and we hammered them 6-0. Elnusi got two goals. Uh, they, one of their teams scored one goal, Julian Taylor and Edward with the rest. Then move on to the second qualifying round, and we get beat by a Hungarian team, Fernas Faros. Uh, Christy scored for us, and obviously they, they win the game 2-1, and they go through. Now, come to yourself, Anthony. I think this was the game Lennon came out and said that there are certain players who don't want to be around Celtic or that they're making moves to leave. Me personally, looking back on that, that that was a major, major statement to come out with, and I think from that then on in, some players kind of threw the head up. And I'll be honest, yeah, you're right. And to be honest, I I don't actually blame them either. No matter how bad the situation is in the dressing room, um, call me old school, but I think it should stay in the dressing room. Um, Neil Lennon's behaviour that night was deplorable, quite frankly. Um, and I think I must admit. I, a lot of people say, "Well, that was when it, it really started to, that you know, the wheels started to come off." I, I don't know what it was, but I think a couple of weeks before that, I can't remember exactly what interview it was. I think it might have been the interview when he was discussing uh, Lee Griffiths's uh, fitness, and it just, it, you know, it, 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 it just looked like there was something not right behind the scenes. And um, when he done that interview, I just, I, I, I although. You know, at the time you thought it's fine. It's the start of the season, and 
you know, we had this last year and, and we sorted it out. Um, it was, I must admit, that was when I did think we, we were in trouble. That's that's how early on in the season that um, I really started to worry because, and then but, but after that game, the, the following Saturday, he then raved about how great they were and, you know, that they were the, you know, that was, I think we played Hibs the following match and he was saying about how it was some of the best performance, that, that one of the best performances that he'd had since he came to the club. So it was this sort of erratic, um, you know, up and down yo-yo type um, of interviews um, that kind of set the tone, but it was all set, like you say, that, that night, post-match, after a shocking result, quite frankly, um, against uh, against a, a side that we really should be putting away. Because I don't actually, if I remember correctly, did they not have a few players out with uh, yeah. the coronavirus? Yeah. Um, so it was essentially the Ferenvaros reserve side um, that we were playing and um, couldn't get the job done. I mean, that's a, that's a trend that continues into the <coughs> Slavia Prague games as well, but we'll get on to them. Then, obviously, you're saying there about the comments and the behaviour of Lenny that night was, I mean, it was bad, like, when you look at it, and high flipping, he made them comments, and then he switches his mind in the next game week. Well, we'll, we'll get on to the league form after we cover the Europe side of things, because, I mean, we'll all agree, the European kind of ended quick, so we can get through this. But coming to yourself, William, when you're in the Champions League at that early stage, and them comments are being made, and you can already see disconnect between manager, players, fans, and the board at that time as well. Are you much in agreement with Anthony? That's when major problems sort of begin. Yeah, that first interview where uh, he started calling the players out—it just causes unrest straight away. Not not just among the squad and, and the playing staff, but among fans as well. We, you know, we we want to see people, uh, guys playing for the shirt. So when you're hearing stuff like that, it's not it's, it's not going to make you feel comfortable either. Uh, uh, I think that was the beginning of the downward spiral, to be honest with you. Uh, even this, it was this, the start of what was a continuing story of our season. The goals conceded again, it was like frailties at the set pieces and it was another counter-attack. Well, if I remember right, it was long ball over the top and Nelhamed was in no man's land. Um, just the, the start of start of what our defensive frailties look like for the remainder of the season, and I'm pretty sure I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they put Christie up front. Aye, uh, did I? And we had yeah. a yeah. Yeti and Klamala and that, <coughs> these new guys in the bench. If they're not fit, see this, I, I can't, I cannot stand this. If they're not fit enough, um, for me, if you're if you're not fit enough, give them give them the first half and let them let them do his, let them do the damage first, and then bring them off if you need to. Uh, so yeah, that was the beginning of these tactical, um, tactical naiveties and uh, and the start of the defensive frailties that we we continue to see for the rest of the season. Uh, yeah. If you're if you're a player and you're in that dressing room and and you, the manager's coming out publicly, I'm 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 with Tony on this one. The that should be kept in house. If you're doing that publicly. Uh, him as a manager, he needs to take that that criticism, that flack. He can't be doing that in the public eye. So that, yeah, it seemed like it was, and that that was so early on in the season, and you're still at that point. You're thinking, oh, wait a minute here. Yeah, and you're exactly right. There, I mean, you, you look at the defensive field. He's selling very experienced, and it's been from set pieces, easy to break down teams that can get in behind. But seeing Shane Duffy in some European games get ripped apart, and by your man as Carlberg Larson or, or something like that, anyway, for Slavia Prague taking for a run like. But coming to yourself, Ross, how would you feel as a footballer that early on it stays in the season <clears throat> and your manager's coming out and saying, look, these players don't want to be here, basically saying they don't care about this club. 
They want away as quick as possible. Want to go to Pasteur's new. Would that affect you as a player? Thinking, thinking from inside, how they would feel. Um, I, I mean, if I was one of the players that were like the so-called want aways, you would, you, right away, you'd be in the back foot. Like he's just like he's no said by name, but I mean, it wasn't his finest hour, was it? It was. He made a rod for his own back for that moment on. It was just, I really, <clears throat> I really don't know why he done it. Uh, it was never going to be a positive outcome for it. Um, I mean, they were they weren't playing great before he done that, and then after it, uh, they were even worse. But they, even at like apart from like the Hamilton game, they were sort of getting out of jail at times. Uh, I think one of the last times they properly salvaged a match, uh, and and the way that we've sort of been accustomed to for Celtic when the chaps are down was probably the <clears throat> the game at McDermott Park when Griffiths and Kamala came on mm. and got two late goals, uh, and then the very next game uh, we lost at home to Rangers without well pretty much without laying a glove on them and it just never improved for then on in. Uh, I mean, the comments for Lennon, they weren't the only reason, obviously, that that the season went wrong, but, I mean, by God, they they certainly didn't help. Uh, You could just add that to a very long list of things that happened, but, uh, I I mean, if if I'm a player and he's doing that, I'm just like, well... F you basically, you know what I mean? I'm I'm not gonna yeah. try a leg, but no got to I, I don't, I'm kinda of reluctant to say that no got to try a leg because us as fans have slated the players for no trying a leg. Alright, you didn't go on with the manager, but you still want to for professional pride. But it's difficult to say how I would react in that situation not having been in it, but I would like to think that I would still have professional pride, but uh it's it's just a difficult one to talk about. It's just, it's just being shit. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I, mean, I mean, that's fair. We can end the show there. It's just been shit. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's it sums up the whole season. It's how we feel as Celtic fans. But Francis, coming back to the comments, looking at a different side. Let's right. Some old school managers used to get reactions out of players by calling them out or calling out their performances. Do you think maybe Neil Lennon was trying that? Because as Anthony said. He flipped his comments again the next game week saying, oh, these group of players are amazing. Love them all. They're the best ever. But do you think he was trying for a reaction and it did, just didn't work? The kind of just fell flat and it was like, shit, I need to do a different tact here. Uh, I'm not. No, I think he actually meant the comments because your modern day player now, unfortunately, just they need molly cuddle, don't they? You can't really get away with sort of calling players out now. I mean, I will defend Lennon. Maybe he, like, I'm only... I'm only guessing here. Maybe maybe he wanted some of these players moved on because he's seen they were unrest in the dressing room and stuff, and it it never happened. But then to come out after a, a poor performance and say some guys don't want to be here on the back of that, it's, I just you just can't do that these days. It's like what Anthony and William that said: just keep keep it in house. You keep that stuff in house, and then I just think when you make make those sort of comments public, it's players. Like Ross said, you'd expect to have a bit of professional, but I I don't think they'll kinda of go to war for you if you like to use it to sort of use that kind of analogy. I don't I don't think they would give that extra ten percent when they really need to. They might shirk out a tackle here and there because they're like, Well, 
the manager's digging me out, so oh well, I'm just I'll not really properly put it in for him. But yeah, maybe maybe it was because we it what to but to go back to your question, maybe he was trying to get a reaction. because uh, he is a wee bit of old school and man uh, sort of a motivator type manager. But yeah, I just you just can't get away with that. And the fact that like you said it he made these comments, played the exact same team the following game, and yeah. then built them up to the hill after that. And I'm like, mm. what, what, what way is it? And that was, I mean, that rolled on to the goalkeeping situation and everything. It was just, like Anthony said, it just was the tone of interviews all season. It was one week somebody was getting either battered or backed up, then the following week it was just the complete opposite. It was yeah. just, it was not good. You're 100% right, because... For me, we all can't deny, right? We have to be honest here. We all have some fantastic, amazing memories in the Lennon from playing, yeah. from managing the first time around. Obviously, sitting in the quadruple treble, bringing us over the line with Rogers. If we do have fantastic memories of him, John, do you think, look, looking back at them comments, much as I said to Francis, is there an upside to them? Because sometimes you're maybe in a situation where you've dug a hole for yourself. I mean, I've been in a situation before with you guys. I'm just throwing out comments left, right, and centre, and you are biting back. But do, do you think that maybe he was just trying to, just to get fire in the belly again? Just you know, instead of shouting at him in the dressing room, call him out in the public, make the fans aware this has gone on, and hopefully getting a reaction throughout the season. But obviously, what fans say, that didn't work. But at that time, do you think that's what he was trying? Um, I believe that might be what he was trying to do. But as Anthony says, and I, I fully agree, is you keep that in the house. If you want to sort of you have a go at certain individuals for no playing well or the individuals that you believe weren't they playing well and, and, and for whatever reason, date in the dressing room. Do you know what I mean? Like date on the training run. Like keep it out the public eye because like he says, it then just creates unrest and it's not just the, like the, his comments that say that it's like people jump on it. We know that anybody that says anything once the media gets hot at it. Uh, it spreads, uh, and then it's like you then get fans jump on the back. Of it you'll get some that will defend Lennon for doing it, and they'll jump on the players' backs as well. So it can definitely be negative, especially like we, we use this term nowadays uh, about players being a bit different. And, and Francis says they're like sort of mollycoddled to an extent. Um, but I think that the the rise of social media plays a large part in that because you can't hide from it now. Um, before. It was a case of maybe just reading it in the paper or whatever, but it's everywhere now. So players can get contacted on their media accounts. Players can get quite a lot of abuse for for certain things. And I think that if you're stoking a fire by coming out with the comments to the to the press, like right after that, then that that's just uh, that that's a serious problem, uh, and it, it should never have happened in the first place. Can I just yeah. can I just jump in for a second as well? See see what it, like talking about I'm like. Um, uh, it was intentional and trying to get a fire in the belly. I, I, I tend to think that like Neil Lennon's a very emotional character, and he was obviously very angry after the game. And if you're getting a microphone stuck in your face right after the game and you're full of that emotion, I think it just you're angry and you say things out of that anger, and it might. I think he's maybe regretted it afterwards, but it would be really interesting to see if one the players he was talking about knew that he was talking about them. And two, the rest of the playing squad knew who he was talking about also because that's going to cause unrest straight away. And even if it's in a training... Say, say they're all training, for example, and he says, right, see, you, 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 they don't want to be here. Like, that's obviously going to cause unrest. So 
if that's what's happened, then that's not a good start to the season. And well, uh, a man manager should be like in, in any walk of life. I'm not just talking about football. They should know. They need to spot the people that they can say, right, you. You need to kick up the arse. You're not hitting your targets or whatever. You're not doing what you need to be doing. And he needs to spot the people that need an arm around the shoulder and saying, right, what's happening? Is everyone all right at home? Whatever. Like, you know what I mean? That's what a man manager does. And it seems to me like Lennon doesn't have that in his locker. Well, that's a good point. Can I just say as well, just in addition to that, if you look at, like William said there, and he explained it perfectly, these players, by and large, Lennon's come in and took on a team who were managed under Rodgers, who is, by all accounts, a fantastic man-manager, who is exactly, as William said, the kind of guy who can identify who's maybe having issues and then put them around them and work with them one-on-one uh, and try and get them better and bring the best out in them and, and work on what their issues is and everything like that. Whereas Lennon's a, a polar opposite. So you've got these guys who have spent a couple of seasons maybe under Rodgers, etc., dealing with this, and then they're immediately thrust into getting absolutely hounded after the, the likes of Lennon, and, and not just in the dressing room, but in the public eye as well. And that 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 can have an effect on somebody if they're not used to it. And also, like there's like we talk about how the like heads go down and that as well. I'm pretty sure I might be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure Christopher Iyer was one of the names mentioned that he was a want away. And there's not one game I've seen him this year where he's not given his all for the shot. So that's <laughs> another so. that's another way of looking at it. How like some people take that boot up the ass and go right. And then there's others that don't, and that for me is man management, and I don't think Lennon had that, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, for for me, you, you make a good point in regards to Iyer and certain players. Obviously, some of them took it. We we all know Iyer was one who was like moves away, and I, I tend to disagree with him. When there was certain games he was left to be wanting, or so I mean, he can't give us all, but he has to do his performances as well. I mean, I could give all my effort for Celtic and not look good, but as long as you're playing for the bads, do you know what I mean? But if if you look at it now. We drop into the third round of the Europa League. We get through with Rega, um, a, a Latvian team, win 1 0, El Nusi scores. Into the playoff round, we play Sarajevo, and Edward scores, and now we're in the group stage. We get drawn in the group with Milan, Lille, now champions of France, Sparta Prague, and us Celtic. And <clears throat> for me, anyway, I was confident in that group because the, the year before we finished top with Lazio, we toppled Lazio twice. and in this group as well, we did put up some fantastic performances against the likes of Lille. We drew two each with them at their ground and then we beat them 3-2 at ours. I mean, neither are the champions of France. But, obviously, it comes with a caveat. Against Milan, we get beat 3-1. Sparta Prague, back-to-back defeats. And as Tony alluded to before, with uh, Furnas Faros, a weakened team. Again, Sparta Prague had a weakened team. It was basically a reserves. Milan beat us 4-2 in the San Siro. But mainly talking about the, the Sparta Prague games or even your overall feeling towards the group itself and I express my confidence anyway. Francis, how did you feel with that group? Because as I said, with looking back on it, we did finish top of a group with the likes of Lazio and stuff in it. By all accounts, a, a good European team, good traditions in Serie A. I was quietly confident, but obviously the games turned out differently. Uh, I had a, a bit of confidence. I wouldn't say I was... Really cool because then it was it was a shocker of a group to be fair. To be fair, it was a shocker, but I still had a wee bit of confidence we get through it. The AC Milan games are just they were although they finished, I think they ended up dying off at near the end of the season, but they were they got off to a great start to the season. Zlatan was just being Zlatan again. So I really thought if you could get in it from the games, 
you'd be doing all right. And in fairness, in big part, like big spells of both the games, we actually turned all right against AC Milan. I think the Lille game where we won three two, it's I'm pretty sure Lille were through in that and couldn't actually top the group. So it's a wee bit of dead rubber for them. Now. On memory, I don't know how strong their team is, but it was it was kind of good just to actually register a win in the group. I mean, the Sparta Prague games, they just the less we talk about them, the better. But it was I wouldn't say I was overly confident in the group, but considering how Lennon had done the previous season, I was kind of confident with his tactic because where I've kind of always been consistent with Lennon Roger, I I have felt a wee bit in Europe. Lennon's tactics have, I think, in the main, have been better than Rogers throughout his career. But it just, it was just one of the seasons, was it? It was just nothing. Just struggled ever to put two performances together, and it was, it was just another poor European campaign. To be fair, I am aware, obviously, for the the people who are listening. Obviously, I, I want to do the European campaign first, and then we'll move on to the domestic side of things. The reason because. The European campaign does cover it quickly, then we can move on to the with the fan protests and all sorts. So I'm not forgetting any of that for anyone who's listening. But coming to yourself, John, mainly these Sparta Prague games, around about this time there was heat on Lennon, especially from League Form. And we were on that kind of disastrous run where it was like two wins in ten or whatever it was. And for me anyway, I was calling for Lennon's head. And they, them Sparta Prague games to me stand out like a sore thumb. Four one away, be this four one at Celtic Park as well. One of their players score a hat trick, Jules or Jules, whatever way his name's pronounced. But how were you feeling with that group? As Francis said, it was a bit of a shocker. It was like labelled group of death, but I was still confident anyway. Um, yeah, no, I, I, there was an element of confidence. Uh, I know we've had some fantastic games against AC Milan in European competition in previous years, and uh, I think um, the, although doing enough to qualify uh, for Europe, they've not been performing particularly great uh, in the series. So. Um, there, there was always a bit of, you might be able to get a couple of results against them at home uh, I think we'd, we're all relatively confident we could get results at home Sparta you would expect he does uh, with all respect to them they, they obviously proved us wrong uh, even their B team absolutely scalped us so but initially I think that Sparta you were expecting to take point, six points off uh, you'd maybe be able to get another three uh, at home against Milan and Lille uh, and like I say, as Leo at the time, I don't think any of us would have expected them to go on and then win the French League, but um, we got two relatively good results against them in that group. Um, a draw away uh, and then beating them at home. So, um, I mean, I think on paper, uh, there was definitely enough, or at least originally for me anyway, to say, I, I think we could definitely get enough points out of this uh, to, to, to be able to get a qualify, even if it, if it was... His, a second place qualification, but again, when you get results like you're getting beat back to back four one half Sparta, you knew instantly then that it was just set to fail. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and as we said there, Francis actually do take your point there in regards to Lennon in, in European football. He has had some good results. Obviously, the one stands out is the Barcelona game. His yeah. tactics, fair enough, have been have been okay at some stages, but. Coming to yourself, Ross, we just in I know I said the Sparta Prague games, the Milan game, three one, we drew over in France, which was a good result. Hell, so got both goals in that night. But you look at round about that time anyway, when the four, the two back to back four ones against Sparta Prague came in. That for me, for me, that was my turning point. Where I was like, Lennon needs to go here, and it wasn't me being harsh. It was just looking at it, 
and you could see what was going to unfold, especially after we go back to the comments that he made. And then this is getting worse. The fans are starting to put pressure on by protesting. How were you feeling around about this time? I just exactly the same as yourself. I think uh, the writing was on the wall at that point. Uh, you could see how soft and easy we were to beat on both occasions. That uh, was that was poor, like. Um, but I, I mean, he he did get a bit. Well, he got far too long, but um, I don't know. It's just. I just I struggle to talk about it to be honest with you, but it was so <laughs> poor. And then, it, it, like, to to lose four one in the manner we did, and then I'm sure after that game, Cal McGregor came out and done an interview, and it was just so telling his full demeanour and what he'd said and stuff like that. Uh, it, for me, I he could have went then. I obviously didn't go. Uh, I think the Celtic board were probably giving them the benefit of the doubt, but you could see it, and the the players didn't even, they, they, they could, it didn't look like they knew what their jobs were, and there was no cohesion. The some of the decisions uh, tactically, and then like substitutes coming on, uh, were just baffling, uh, and like you touched on, what's that? No, I was laughing at what you were saying. They were baffling. I agree with you. Aye, I know. I, I thought it cut out there. Sorry. <laughs> um, <clears throat> aye, it was really baffling. But uh, just nothing was working, and you you could see the even at that point the disconnect for the the guys on the touchline to the players getting the message out there. It was it was gone at that point, and it was severely severely embarrassing watching us getting turned over at Parkhead the way we did against I mean you you look at it now with hindsight the the team that beat us 4-1 finished setting to a team that were quarter finalists in this tournament but when you're looking at it at the time it's Celtic are a bigger club a better club and should be beating that team on paper especially when they, they were like it was like their B team as you say but Ah, uh, it was for me. He, he could have and probably should have went then, uh, but it wasn't like it wasn't my breaking point, if you like. But mm. it was probably the point when he should have went. Yeah, I agree, and I, I also agree with you on the substitution side of things. I mean, that's been a thing all season. It's just been baffling taking off attackers from midfielders, midfielders for defenders, and vice versa. It's it's shocking how how the kind of substitutions have been used this season, especially when you could use five, which is going to make make the most of the attacking options you have on the bench. But coming to yourself, Anthony, give me your lowdown of the Europa League campaign, especially in the group. What was your feeling? Obviously, the defeats. Did what was your breaking point in in this run in Europe, or was that after? Uh, my breaking point was the first. No, it's just scary to say that the first four-one defeat uh, to Prague. You, there's no shame in losing to AC Milan. You know, you, you, although yeah, they're not the side that they, they were in, in years gone by, but they're still you know a big name. They're they're old money, uh, so to speak. Um, and we actually in both of those games actually did okay. To be fair, um, Lille uh, both games. You know, like you say, we've went on. We've went on to win uh, Ligue you have to say we played well both those games, but the the Slavia Prague home defeat was the night is 
Ross alluded to there, um, Callum McGregor's post-match interview just spoke volumes. Uh, that was the night that I remember um, I watched the game with my dad and I says, unless he's gone tomorrow, this season is over. Um, it was so clear that this, the, the, Chris Sutton said that in the studio, these guys have down tools for this man and for whatever reason, as we've alluded to, it's maybe a whole range of things, but this group of players were not performing for Neil Lennon and didn't want to perform for Neil Lennon. Um, so that was the last night. Uh, at full time that night, the season was still salvageable. Um, the minute that he turned up in the dugout for the following game, it was as good as done. <laughs> I, I, I mean, as you said, we could see it on phone and we always question why the board couldn't see it. And even more so coming from now, how the board are still treating the fans with this this discontent and all this crap about being entitled. And it's just that the shape of a fed this season is absolutely shambolic, to be honest. But coming to yourself, William, the round is off here. This European campaign in Europa League, where we finished... Hold on, I get the table up here. I should have been prepared. We finished bottom. We won one game, drew one, lost four, scored 10, conceded 19, which I think was on par with the worst record in Europa League. It was the worst. Yeah, it was the worst. worst. But, William, give give me your rundown of it. (laughs) It's just horrendous, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> um, well, when we got uh, put out of the Champions League, uh, I mean, we've, there's a dark cloud every time we play these qualifiers in the Champions League, and we've not got the best record, to be fair, and we've still gone on uh, to have decent seasons. So, when you're going back to the draw that you've been discussing, I was, I, I can remember actually sitting with a friend and saying, I really hope we get a lot of the big guns. And, you know, normally in Champions League, you're hoping you get maybe one one or two big teams and then uh, the team that you beat home and away and then hopefully try and scrape through. But I was actually looking forward. I was really hoping we got I was really pleased with the draw. I thought, we've got some, some big guns here. Uh, obviously, that didn't materialise. It didn't didn't end very well for us. And it was just a shambolic display from start to finish, wasn't it? That's, um, it seemed to me as well, like there's a, there were a few of the games there where we, we went up we we scored the early doors, and in the past you'd think that we we had a team that could go behind and come back, but this this season it was like we can go two or three goals ahead and still manage to lose the game. So uh, it wasn't for pleasant viewing. That that first four one defeat I can't believe I'm saying first because there's more than one. The first four one <laughs> defeat wasn't the point where I, to be honest, we I didn't think like uh, panic station. Well, my panic stations, but I thought well. We'll just have to try and make a good account of ourselves the rest of this group stage. We're still in the three domestic uh, cups. can still be a fairly successful season. Uh, it was about three or four games after that. I think we I think we beat Motherwell the weekend after it. And then we went on a run there. Like, I think we drew with Hibs and again dropped points in another game. And then we got beat 4-1 again. That was a point I started feeling. I was like, on oh, this is the writing's on the wall here. And then I'm pretty sure, I know we'll go into a domestic season later on, but it was the Ross County game straight after that in the cup, I think, and we got put out of the cup. That that was the moment that I'd lost my head and thought, "Night, this is enough. Enough. Enough's enough now." Uh, and obviously, it, it dragged on a bit longer than that. But yeah, to summarise the, uh, I mean, Europe's what we all lived for when we were younger. The European games were what it's all about, and and this season was pretty much the first season in my whole life I can remember where the European games were coming round, and I was like, oh. Not getting up for it, just thinking we could do without this. To now, be honest with you, 
they were the games you always got up for. And I think that just sums up the season, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think you're you're 100% right. And you said the domestic form. We're going to move on to that now because I think you guys have perfectly summed up the Europa League campaign, which at the end of the day was disastrous. And what we took away from it was Neil Lennon's comments, Cal McGregor's post-match comments, basically saying he didn't know what he was doing. Looking ahead to the league form, before we touch upon some domestic cup, like the Scottish Cup and the League Cup, we started off quite well. Beat Hamilton 5-1. Then we had a bit of a skid against Comartic at Rugby Park where we drew one each. But again, we haven't really had a good record there recently. Then we went on the one win one nil against Dundee United, three nil against Motherwell, five nil against Ross County, two one against St Mirren, three two against Livingston, three nil against Hibs, two nil against St Johnson, and then we hit the first Glasgow derby game against Rangers on in October. And up until then, we had one defeat, well one draw, sorry, no defeats, and we were we were informed in kind of domestic terms. And coming to yourself, William, first for this, since you rounded off. Well, last, how did you feel getting into the first Glasgow Derby game? Were you, were you confident? Because for me, anyway, regardless of what was going on in the European side of things at that present moment, these games, as we always say, are, are like form does go out the window because we've seen some shock results in these games and years gone by. I was confident we could get the victory. How about yourself? Yeah, I was. I mean, um, <coughs> like you say, form goes out the window and I mean, how can you not be confident when we've just had three years of absolute top-to-bottom success? Uh, I honestly, I remember sitting getting excited for that game, thinking this is where this is we're really going to kick on our season here. And uh, if it's not the worst performance of the season, it's right up there with the worst performance of the season. I, I don't think I've ever felt as gutted after a football match as I did that day. Uh, it was actual, actually deep depression. My wife was like, you alright? I actually had to go for a wee power nap on the couch and just try and forget about everything that's just happened before me. Uh, we didn't even muster a shot on target, I don't think. Uh, again, set-piece frailties. It was just an absolutely shambolic performance from start to finish. Not what we've been used to the, the previous uh, three seasons. Uh, again, I don't think the, the Rangers, the team across the city, were, were that great. That game, really, which which made it even worse, made it even more so, it hurt even more. And I mean, yeah, we've been used to success recently, so uh, it, it does hurt a bit more. But even then, after that, you're thinking there's still plenty of time to go. We we'll still kick on, but it just it just got worse and worse. But yeah, that's 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 the first game I remember being really, really, really properly upset. Uh, we didn't even we didn't even show up. Yeah, what what speaks volumes for me in that game? Connor Goldson, a centre back, scores from two set pieces, and we yeah. discussed this earlier in the show. It's just a frailty that Celtic, Celtic fan. I think this was the game where he basically put it through Shane Duffy's legs from the goals as well, and that's when Shane Duffy's confidence went to bits because Shane Duffy, for me, started well. He scored in Ross County. He was involved in the run up to that game anyway, domestic wise. And coming to yourself, John, you look at that game as William said. We didn't lay a glove. We didn't get a shot on target. They scored from two set pieces. By and large, they did dominate the game, and that was the thing for most of the well, majority of the Glasgow derbies, apart from the odd 40 minutes here and there, when we looked good. But getting into the game anyway, four ways we were doing quite well in the league, and then this is our first major setback. Did did you think then that the league was over? Because sometimes me, I would be like, we can't lose the first one, because as many as many four managers and players say, it is a psychological edge that that club gets, and I believe they firmly got a shot in the arm from this victory. Uh, no, 
it, it was way too early. Like you say, we we'd we'd had a relatively recent running form up into that game, um, and at that point, uh, I think we went into the game. I was relatively confident. Uh, like William said, it's like you're you're coming off the back of nine years of <coughs> dominating. Um, you you've you've just won three trebles in a row. Um, so I mean, I you're going into that game confident. Uh, but as William alluded to, uh, it was abysmal start to finish. Never got a shot and goal. Um, the fact that we only shipped two uh, was quite surprising when you actually look at it. Um, and it was just an abysmal, abysmal result. And uh, like William says, I think it's just your heart sank. And like most times where it, 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 you look at games against them, uh, you always want to win them, obviously. Uh, and it always it's always a shite day when you lose. Um, so you just avoid the likes of social media and everything else, and when 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 everybody starts coming out and talking. But it was still very early on in the season, uh, way too early for me at that point to concede. But I mean that that definitely seemed to be the start of what was where heeds and everything else started dropping, and because the results following that weren't great, and, and then that's when you started to drop points and you were starting to fall back a bit. And like he says, uh, I think immediately after that we we had the Milan game, which is as you mentioned earlier, there's no shame in losing to Milan, but to then draw against Aberdeen, um, and 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 then what was it? We 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 had another. That was did we no play Lille again after that, which was yeah. another draw. Um, then I think we got a result after that. Um, we got a win, but then we got day back to uh, we got that loss against Sparta Prague, and I think just. Adding that to the the loss with Rangers, um, and be, them being so close to one another, I think it just kind of set the tone for the season. And you could see the cracks, like you mentioned, the defensively, you could see that things were starting to crack and things weren't clicking. And you could see then as well, tactical decisions just weren't they? They didn't make sense. That it didn't seem like there was any thought put into it. There was no. It didn't look like we were actually making tactical uh, changes to 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 make any difference in a game it, it, it was just either like for like uh, or it was just completely baffling and um, so now I think it, it was too early at that stage to say uh, but definitely shortly after that the, the sort of games following that you started to see the cracks yeah as you said the, the after effect of that losing <coughs> the first half derby game and it, it is a psychological edge to the, the team who wins it and obviously they won that game and they did remain unbeaten the third of the invisibles that, that we don't were the real ones as uh everyone says but go, going to yourself Anthony here as I said it is too early John, John mentioned that to say maybe concede the league's gone but I think I am right when you say when, when I'm saying there's a psychological advantage and as John said there the results after that weren't great which is a knock-on effect that Celtic didn't deal with well that time yeah um like John says it was way too early in the season to talk about, you know, leagues being over or anything like that, but it, it didn't help, you know, um, Celtic just didn't turn up at all on the day. If I remember correctly, again, I think that was one of those ridiculous uh, first start in 11. I, th- I, th- I think he played without a natural striker in that match as well. Um, he started Diego Laxalt, who hadn't played in a, a number of weeks. He gave him his debut. Just baffling, baffling decisions and, uh, yeah, set the tone for the rest of the league campaign, really. Yeah, 100%. What about yourself, Ross? What was your feeling towards that game? Uh, going into it, I was, I was slightly apprehensive because if I, if my memory is right, I think uh, we were 
kind of decimated by COVID going into that game. I think uh, I might be wrong, but I think Christie had to isolate going into that game uh, uh, off the back of off the back of the Scotland game. Uh, uh, Edward was out as well. <clears throat> Edward, I will. That's why I was apprehensive because it, it was touching go with him whether he was got to be mm. back. And when he didn't make it, I thought we're in for a, a long afternoon here. Uh, I mean, but like John had touched on, it was too early to concede the league or that. And also, I was holding on to the fact that, oh, look, oh, oh, okay, we lost the game and we, we lost it badly. 2 0, never laid a glove on them. But we, we didn't have our full team out. And I, I remember saying after that game, I, t- I said to my dad, who, by the way, is a Rangers supporter, wow. <laughs> I said, to, I know, I said to him, eh, Celtic will be back top of the league by Christmas because that wasn't the Celtic team you played today. And he sort of half agreed with me. He said, no, that, he, that, that wasn't the full Celtic team. And I think eh, the game panned out how uh, well it panned out worse than I expected because we didn't even get a shot and goal. But I didn't see us when when Edward was out, Christie was out. I didn't see us winning the game. But I would have you, you would you would take it's difficult to say you would take a draw. You want to, you want to beat them every single time. But seeing the team that went out, you look at it and think take a draw here early in the season, then like kick on after we get our players back. But eh. Uh, I again, as we'll touch on it, it just didn't harm. Uh, and yeah. it, we never, we never recovered after that, really. Yeah, I mean, it was a shambles of a game, Francis, wasn't it? Really, and the fact that they said there two goals and set pieces, the frailties that we were shown at that time, European form wasn't going so great as well. And yes, it's too early to see the league, and we we know after that the, the run of results was were, was terrible too. But the result of that game, anyway. Were you still hopeful of a challenge at that point with Neil Lennon in charge? Yeah, you're still, you're still hopeful because like Ross touched on there, it's, you knew that wasn't a Celtic performance, if you like. It was not one we became accustomed to, even though the season was sort of a stop-start or scraping results, if you like. But you just felt we just needed, we will kick on, we will we'll pick a result up, we'll get us going, which inevitably didn't happen. But yeah, it was like this... Or saying, and uh, it was just it was too early. But I was, I was a wee bit nervous going into the game, just simply because of the COVID issues we had and stuff. And like you say, it was just two set pieces, story or season. Although, well, the only bit missing was we didn't create any chances. Never mind lots of chances. But yeah, it was just it was one of the one of the worst performances I can remember against them. One of the worst, and it was. Like William said, I just I just wanted to try and forget about that day. <laughs> and moving on to the results, as John said, they weren't great after. Went to Matodry, drew for eights. Cal McGregor had a brain fart and conceded a penalty in the last minute. They converted it. Many people say that was their breaking point. After that, we go to Motherwell, Fair Park, we win 4-1. And then on the lead-up to the, the League, Cup, uh, League Cup game against Ross County, we drew, we drew two each with Hibs. Now, this was when it was tasty. There was lots of fans <coughs> clamouring for the Lennon to go. The likes of, there was all sorts of protests going on. Not as large as, we're, as what we're going to talk about in a minute, but that two each game, I've heard a lot of people say it on different podcasts and fan scenes as well, fan scenes as well against 
Hibs when Laxalt had the score in the last basically kick of the kick of the game anyway. Was it coming to yourself, Anthony? Was this game a big factor, do you think, in the season outcome in regards to momentum, any momentum we could have had, it's just basically gone? Uh, sorry, Go ahead, Stephen, microphone was made there, sorry. Uh, yeah, um that, that whole that whole period was just it was it was really tough to watch, you know. We we just seemed to be dropping points right, left, and centre. The team didn't really seem to know what they were doing on the park. Um, it was just sort of eleven individuals out wearing the same jersey. Um, I, I did sort of hope that you know we did kind of think, oh well, a home draw against County in the couple. After that, you know, we'll we'll, we'll kick on from there. Um, not foreseeing the disaster that was about to unfold and all the ugly scenes that happened after it. Just a just a, a god-awful point in a god-awful season. <laughs> and I think as well, that, that Hibs game before the Ross County game, as you said, you think a Ross County home draw would be kind of, not easy, but a winnable game by hopefully a bigger margin of goals. And you're looking at it, Ross, thinking, it's that Hibs game, my, I mean, my breaking point was well before that anyway, but that Hibs game for me, it was, it was almost as if it was, I don't know, like fate that this season wasn't going going to go to plan, especially going after the ten. It just seemed to fall like it, just like shape really, didn't it? Aye, aye. I mean, th- when Laxalt scored the equaliser at Easter Road, I remember like no even celebrating. I I I, I gave a sarcastic yeah, we have clapped, <laughs> and that just like said everything about it. I was just like, this is like. The f- I think we were only was that something like November, and I was sitting there thinking, "This November. is this is done. It's done now." Do you know what I mean? It's, and we'll touch on it, but Ross County for me, that was probably my that was probably the final straw for me. There was it was building and building and building, but after we lost that game, I basically just hit the fuck it button. Started comfort eating and everything. <laughs> <laughs> It was just, aye, oh. that was the, the, the weight gain started and <laughs> aye, but fuck it, bottom is that. <laughs> I, I don't know, I, I don't know the amount of times, as you said there, where I've ordered a takeaway after a Celtic game just because I'm fucking depressed. Like, being honest, it's, it's shame. Like, <laughs> you have to comfort yourself somewhat. Somehow you couldn't go out to the pub for a pint, but come, come with it yourself, Francis. Laxall scores that goal in the 91st minute, last kick of the game. Now, flipping a wee bit here, could. Do you think going into that Ross County game, the League Cup game, which, by the way, back then that lead up, it wasn't a big game. It should have been a routine game. Get into the, get into Ross County, beating them, getting the next round because we've experienced winning cup games so routinely over the last uh, year, couple of years or so. But could that? Do you not think that could have worked in a, another advantage for the team where it could have given a kind of momentum or a bit of a push because they've got that goal. They didn't lose the game, they drew, but it's still a bad result. But then the day they come back and they got the draw. Yeah, I, I get the angle you're coming from, Stephen, and normally I would I would agree to say that yeah, it can give you a wee kick because you've not actually lost the game, but the level of your performances, and there was too many results that we were just scraping a draw to say that could give us a kick. It was just a wee bit of the story of the season, I feel like. And then just going into the Ross County game, you're thinking, for me, that was I was looking at that game going, right, get a result here, it's in a cup game, we'll have a go at it. And then that's that will be the game. But I feel like I kept on saying that is this will be the game we'll kick on. This will be the game we'll kick on. Then obviously the Ross County game didn't happen. Then you go to the next time. It's just 
and uh, it was that's felt that felt like what I was doing. I've up until maybe early late November and early December, I was just I was looking at every big game, going, "We'll kick on now, next game. We'll kick on next game," and it just I'm still waiting, <laughs> and the season's over. This will be the week we appoint Daddy Howie. This will be the week. We appoint... <laughs> no, 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 I mean, if only I knew that was that was <laughs> the signs were there early doors. <laughs> Coming come to yourselves, John, about this Hibs game, the lead up to the Ross County and all what was seen there in terms of fan protest, but just touched upon the Hibs game. How, how were you feeling at that time? Because, as I said, a lot of Celtic fans were of the same opinion that, as Francis said, this is done. And then you're thinking to yourself, you're thinking to yourself, maybe we, we can get a run together. There's always that wee bit of element of hope in your mind. And again, you're, it just goes to shit. There's just nothing from the players. The players that gave up, the management team are sitting looking at a laptop. I don't know what they're looking at. I mean, any of you guys got any ideas? I mean, there's a few blue movies maybe kicking about. But what about what about yourself, John? How were you feeling around about that time? Uh, yeah, no, I think I, I just pretty much the same as everybody else. You, obviously, up until the last minute when Laxalt scored, just the head was in the hands and you were just thinking, what a disaster this is. Um, obviously, scoring that goal and then salvaging a point with it, uh, you're, you're still thinking, there's still plenty of time. You're not expecting Rangers to go the full season, uh, the league campaign unbeaten, so you expect that at some point they'll drop points. We still need to play them another few times. So I wasn't conceding the league or anything at that point. Uh, far from it, but I mean, it, it wasn't looking good. And you, again, like the Rangers game, you were seeing cracks uh, in in that Celtic squad, um, and then like you mentioned, uh, immediately after that, you're getting pumped four one. Our Sparta Prague's B team, and uh, I think everybody then is kind of like just get a really bemused, confused look in their face, wondering what the hell is going on, and then you're losing to Ross County uh, in the second round. So, I, I, definitely by that Ross County game, they, they, I don't think that for me the Hibs it was still very early. It wasn't great. I mean, you don't like drawing, but. You want to win every game, but again, still plenty of games to play for, still plenty of points to play for. Uh, but like I said, you're then going in, you can see cracks, you're then going into the Sparta Prague game, getting absolutely annihilated, and then you're going in, you're getting put out of the cup against Ross County. And at that point, you're just thinking, what is actually happening here? This is ridiculous. Yeah. Before before we move on to Doomsday, the Ross County game, William, give me a, give me a pragmatic point of view here about that Hibs game. What was there an angle you could take from it? As I was trying to say to Francis, that it could have been a jolt getting that last minute goal. They didn't lose the game. Kick off from there, get a run of victories together, and try and make a challenge for this league. Yeah, I, I was, I, I was jumping out my seat and screaming when we scored that last minute. I'm, I'm a glasses half full type of guy, so even when we had like ten games to go and we were like twenty points behind, I was still thinking like we'll beat them twice <laughs> and then they'll drop points and that's so, uh, no, uh, aye, that was that was close. That was close to breaking point. I was right on the edge then, but it was. I thought I know you're going to go on it, but it was a Ross County uh, result that tipped me over the edge. Um, it was so frustrating because we, I mean, we we've all had that group chat, and every one of us was pouring our hearts out in in the group chat each game that day, that that space day that like four forty six weeks every game. It was just like I can't take any more. I can't take much more of this. It's just it's the same. Same shit every game now, and it was so frustrating to watch. But no, at that point, I was, I, I was still, I was still there. I still thought we'd, we'd we had a chance. Uh, and even again after, like Ross County was the 
the the breaking point for me where I thought Lennon had to go. But even after that, I still thought we could have still went after the league. And even when the league was done, I still thought we could have won the Scottish Cup. So I think I need to go and see the doctor and get some sort of medication because uh, it sadly was not to be. Right. We'll move on to the Doomsday. We'll move on to the Ross County game at home. League Cup. Second round, by the way, which is absolutely about diabolical. Ross Stewart and Navcovini scored for Ross County. I'm led to believe he's Scotty's. That's a, a weird Scotty's name. But um, Did you say Rod Stewart there? I forgot no, Ross Stewart. And Maggie May got up for the heat of the Maggie May got up. But come with your, yourself, Francis, first, right? What was seen? It was absolutely disgraceful. I mean, there were, I think Ross County could have actually won the game by a more comfortable margin. If if my memory serves me correctly, they had a quite a, a not an easy game, but just kind of their own tempo, their own pace. Again, there was nothing from us in terms of creating loads of chances or trying to score goals. Maybe the odd shot from Christy Town Rugby. But come to your, yourself, Francis, about this before we move on to the protest. This was the straw that broke the camel's back, wasn't it? Well, for me, it was it was the game where I wanted Lennon gone because similar to William, is, as much as I maybe wasn't as optimistic as him in the league campaign, I still thought if he if he changed the manager, then he's given him plenty of time to have a go. But yeah, like you said, the, the, the league cup game, it was Ross County could have actually won it by more, and just to to try and sort of if you look at a different like. It, in fairness, it was our first competition, domestic cup competition we'd actually lost in thirteen. That's in fair, the last thirteen, and normally you would have been like, "That's you'd have been annoyed because you've just lost a cup game and that you've and stuff." But it was the fact that we had got off to such a bad start to the season. The league campaign was not great. The European campaign was not great. So you'd not you were almost looking at the Cups to try and cling on to for the season to try and give yourself a run. So, like in normal circumstances, if you'd had a good start to the league, you were you were up there challenging or, or topping and then doing well in Europe as well. You, not, you don't accept losing a Cup game, but it's, it's a wee bit easier to take. But, yeah, it was it just led to, obviously, the, the shocking scenes after that, which I know we'll, just go, we'll go on to, but... Yeah, it was it was a dark it was a dark day that game for for Celtic Football Club. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I mean, that game for me was just a disgrace. Epitomised our season. Apart from, I mean, that the derby failure, the European <coughs> campaign failure, the league failure, finishing the season trophyless, William. It's it's just shocking, really, isn't it? That Ross County came to Sally Park and they could have won by more. The protests outside that followed. Where are you with that anyway? Like the protest side of things, and obviously the result. But I'm for I, I believe in protest. I don't want obviously violence in Celtic Park, but the fans needed to stand up and be counted, didn't they? Yeah, totally agree. I'm I'm all for protest too, and especially with the disconnect um, this year from the fans and the board. I think that like there, there was nothing else to do but protest and to to make your voice heard. I, I I think they went about it the wrong way. I think the violence and and, and all the rest of it was definitely the wrong the wrong way of going about it. But uh, especially when we were in the middle of a pandemic. But I do agree that they're, 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 I don't, I'm not no qualms about um, protesting, especially at that point in time. We were all that that's the, the height of the anger. That was the the peak where uh, the Ross County game for me anyway. It was uh, that's 
when I felt angry, it was. I mean, the, the months preceding it, it was. It, it was felt like it was more, um, just more disappointment and and frustration rather than anger. Like you kind of went through all the emotions this season, but um, yeah, that was that was the that was the game that that uh, uh, put the nail in the coffin for me. Yeah, I think we're all agree with there. And Anthony, come to yourself, speed merchant. Hi, are you? So you're you're looking. <laughs> You're looking at this game, the Ross County game. I'll talk quick for you, okay? You're looking at this, <laughs> this, this Ross County game, right? And the, yeah, the things, the things have followed, and we're going to move on to the after the like the New Year stuff they got in terms of Dubai, and briefly talk about that. But how are you feeling at this point? I must admit, as as disgusted as I was with the performance on the park, um, I thought the scenes outside. Were, were disgusting and were rightly condemned by by the majority. Um, I don't have, have absolutely no issue with, with anyone protesting or, or making their voice heard or, or anything like that. But when you're just um, when you're just using a, a team's poor performance to uh, you know you know attack police fans and and, and whatnot, it was um, it was a, a disgrace. And it's not the first time this season, unfortunately, that um, whilst the uh, Subject matter might have been something that uh, we could all get on board with. These uh, the the me brigade or, or the green brigade, as they like to to call themselves, um, made it all about them. Um, the, 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 these uh, I, I I was absolutely disgusted with the scenes. I must admit, you know, throwing stuff at players, going to their cars, and all that. It was it was pathetic. Um, it was we the that tiny minority uh, let themselves down as much as everyone. Um, much as all the players did on the park that day. Yeah, I agree. But I do think there has to be a point where you have to protest. I mean, if we didn't protest, nothing would be changed, John. And I know you're you're one that advocates protests, like myself, and you need to you need to stand up. And I don't agree with violence, obviously. But do you think the fans are right to come out after that game, John, and express their disappointment? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a tough one, Stephen, because, like you said, at this point, you're at the height of a pandemic, um, and obviously, any sort of gatherings like that were just they were frowned upon across the board uh, in all facets. So I think that that in itself just kind of, you, you, you're immediately starting off in the bad foot. Uh, but I, 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 I firmly believe, as, as you all know, and I, I'm certainly no quiet about it, protest I think is important. Uh, and fans, they deserve the right to protest. But they, like Anthony says, the, the, the way in which a small minority of the fans that that did turn up to protest, con- uh, protest conducted themselves was absolutely disgusting. The, the, I mean, it's one thing shouting abuse at somebody. I think we're all guilty of shouting at the telly and calling players all sorts <laughs> uh, <laughs> when when you're in the middle of a, a, a game and and they're making silly decisions. Uh, but I mean, to 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 go there and then start, like you say, start attacking, throwing stuff, uh, attacking police, hitting the bus, the vans. All that that's that can that kind of carry on is absolutely disgusting, and that should never have happened. And like I think Anthony summed up perfectly, the the the, the actions, uh, the fans that were uh, responsible for that, um, was far worse than what we'd just seen on, on the football park. Uh, but I mean, it, that's it. it just kind of that that day in itself from. The, the the result to what happened after it was just an absolute disaster. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement there, Ross. If you had anything else to add about that game, 
the game or the protest? Anything. Let's get uh, it out there. I, I mean, there's regards to protests. Uh, I've kind of touched on the game. Uh, but as regards to protests, uh, I thought they were tasteless and embarrassing. Uh, I mean, every Celtic supporter was hurting. Uh, and I'm all for voicing your opinion, but you can't be cutting about carrying on like that. There's just no excuse for it. Uh, the, the minute, the, that minority uh, jobs basically brought shame on the club. And in the end, it only helped lengthen Lennon stay execution. So it, it just made matters worse. Uh, like it never helped one iota. Yeah, you're, you're right there. This theme continued in terms of bad results right into the new year, accumulating in that pathetic Dubai trip that should never happen, although it was okay by the government. Never beat for another Glasgow derby the 2nd of January. We get beat 1 0. And that's when I thought the season was over. And Anthony, you look at the, the Dubai trip right about that time. Obviously, it was after that game. I think they went, they went straight after the defeat in the Glasgow Derby. But that, that for me, the start of January was when you're thinking, this league's over. He needs to go. What's going on? And it's continued right up until he left. The board's just failure to act on anything. Yeah, I think sort of after the their, their refusal to, to sack him after the first Slavia Prague game or the Ross County game, I almost sort of absolved... Um, Neil Lennon of any fault because it was now purely in the everything that was happening was the fault of the people leading the club because it was their decision to make and they, and they didn't make it. So, um, but yeah, the Dubai trip, the Dubai trip is symbolic of everything that's wrong with the current leadership at Celtic and everything that went wrong um, this season. Um, I actually, I just assumed that it wouldn't have been going ahead this season just with, with all the, the pandemic restrictions. And then after the the defeat at Ibrox, um, obviously Neil confirmed that they were they were getting ready to go to the airport. And again, you you, you don't want to sound all mystic meg about it, but you you just knew the way our season was going that something was going to happen over there. And yet it turned out a guy who had been injured in the previous game and had no business being there um, ended up testing positive and um, make uh, having to make you know the rest of the, the most of the rest of the team self isolate. Um, to, to, to do all that and drop further points in the league and just when you think it can't get any worse, that the, the Dubai trip could and everything around it couldn't get any worse, um, we then sent Neil Lennon out in front of a, you know, a packed press office um, to, to, to which unfolded probably the most embarrassing 15 minutes of a press conference that Celtic manager's given in, in a long time. With the exception of maybe the fair point that he made about the the difference between them being condemned for going and uh, obviously the Scotland players being lauded for celebrating the night they qualified for the Euros, um, the rest of it was an absolute absolute embarrassment. Um, every bit as embarrassing as the uh, as the jobs as, uh, as as Ross rightly called them out with the ground the night of the Ross County game. Um, it was unhinged. It was erratic. Um, it made Boris Johnson look credible. <laughs> what what accumulated after? <clears throat> what accumulated after? Ouch. William was they they, they came back. Sadly, came back obviously and because Julia went. He tested positive for coronavirus. A whole basically first team had the self isolate. We go through the whole of January. One one against Hibs, nil nil against Livingston, two two against Livingston again, and we got our first win at the end of January against Hamilton, and they got beat on the thirtieth of January by St Mirren two one. 
So we had one win in the whole month of January, William. And that is the, you throw in there obviously the pathetic Peter Noel apology that was just scripted and full of shit. But Anthony's right. That they're accumulated all this shade after it. And the board still treated, treated us us fans with this discontent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, what more can you say about it? It was a sham, shambles that they went in the first place. I thought Andy Walker, I'm not Andy Walker's biggest fan. But that game, uh, when we came back, I think it was Livingston, beforehand he went on a rant for about 10 minutes about how shambolic it was and how there's, the fans are paying money for season tickets and they're not even getting to a game. And uh, these players are swanning off uh, for a jolly, pretty much. And they no. might say it's no jolly, but uh, Big Julian was there. <laughs> so if it's a training camp, then why the hell is Julian going when he's done his knee? Um, and especially now looking back when you've had this pathetic we'll give you a £50 voucher for the store with your <laughs> season tickets the money that surely the money that they've chartered a flight and all the rest of it for these guys to go away to Dubai could have could have easily uh, went towards these the fans and the life and blood of the club to give them something back uh, uh, yeah, it was just uh, it's, uh, it's just I can't even fathom who made the decision to, to go ahead with it? What were we going to say there, Ross? I thought you were going to chirp in there. Uh, I was just, uh, I hate that when people use the word jolly about that. Uh, it really, it grinds on me. It wasn't a jolly, but <laughs> um, I mean, for me, uh, as regards the Dubai trip, I mean, however you dress it up, it wasn't illegal. It was sanctioned by the government. Then the goalposts got moved. Uh, when they were away. Now, I accept with hindsight, maybe, that they probably, <laughs> with hindsight, they probably should have just left it and stayed put. But the only thing Celtic done wrong, for me, probably, was morally, uh, as regards, because like they were going away and people couldn't get away and stuff like that. But, I mean, it was nothing more or nothing less than that. Uh, I think it was all done with the best intentions and the treatment for the the, the club, for the govern, government media and some of our own fans, I thought was nothing short of disgraceful and way over the top. Uh, every time Celtic gave the media a stick this year, and I mean, believe me, there's been a lot, they've pounced quickly and unjustly at times to beat us with said stick. Now, I accept that to an I would accept that to an extent, providing the treatment to other clubs that will no mention was on a par, but it never is, and it, it's never been more apparent than this season. A complete and utter double standards for for top to bottom. A, yeah. Now, where's the morality in that? But I, I take your point of board, Ross. And but I mean, you look at it at that time. We lost the Glasgow derby game. They go to Dubai. If, if you look, if you look at any fan across the country, no one could go anywhere. No one could visit loved ones. No one could visit grandparents or mums and dads. Mm-hmm. People can't gather in rooms. This even celebrate Christmas at the time and suddenly take themselves off off to Dubai. And that situation for me, Ross. Anyway, you have to read the room. You have to be with your fan uh, base. You have to show that's solidarity. Why that's why I says that the only thing Celtic were guilty was probably morally going there, yeah. like because uh, what. What you've just touched on—that's what I meant by that. 
No, that, that's fair enough. As, as regards everything else, I don't think th- it was done with the best intentions. I don't think they broke any laws. They were given the green light to go, and then boom, it was like they came. The, the media were all over it, and for for what? And the government like just like kind of faded away into the background, like oh we never can we never sanctioned it kind of thing, and because they moved the goalposts, all they had all the government had to do was say look, because I think Celtic went on I don't know maybe the Monday or something like that. I can't even mind the exact days, but it was like maybe a couple of days they were away, and then the government changed it. All they had to do was make the call to Celtic say look we're going to change. The, the rules here, so to speak. I, yeah. I, I would advise you don't go now. But they didn't do that and then sold them down the river. Yeah, no, that, that's fair enough. I mean, we have seen a lot of media bias, government bias towards Celtic Football Club this season. We can all see it. Obviously, certain people won't believe it, but it's all they're out in the open to see. Now, Francis, coming to yourself quickly, that their Dubai trip accumulated in that bad run of results, kind of finishing the season for us. And you're thinking then, surely, they can make the move, change the manager, get the new manager in. Get him set up with this team, see what he wants to change, and move on to the next season. Uh, well, just to quickly touch on it, like I agree with what, a lot of what Ross is saying, but and like Kennedy did come out and admit there was COVID rules broken, yeah, and yeah. also I like the picture of Brown and Let. Like we've just been beat off Rangers again, and then I think that to put us seventeen points behind in the first picture you see the Celtic is Brown, uh, Brown and Lennon sitting at the uh, sitting at the pool having a pint. No, I appreciate again not illegal. No, no, I'm not saying that though, but it's 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 reading the room. You just didn't want to see that. You just didn't put yourself in that position with somebody can take that picture and sell it to a paper. It wouldn't have happened under Rod. I just think it was a severe lack of professionalism. I just that if I want to have a drink, go and do it in a wee function, go and do it in a function hall or something, do it away from the cameras where somebody can Sounds take a picture. Of the trees outside. Aye, but it's it goes to that like what the term that you hate, the jolly. It's that's that's what it that's what it kinda looks like to to an extent. I mean that's no, the first pic that well the first picture you see of your captain and manager after just getting beat again and going seventeen points behind is I'm in a pint. I I just think it was totally it, it was a lack of professionalism it's just you you shouldn't have seen that under that under the situation. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll agree to disagree. Well, I actually, I actually agree. I never agree with Franny, but I actually agree with him for a change. <laughs> what about yourself, John? What, what's your feeling before we move on here about this trip? Um, actually, I agree with Ross. Um, I still I, I, like. Should we have went? No, uh, but we did. Uh, like you said, it was sanctioned by the government at the time we went. Um, and. I mean, what, what, what else can you say? Any, any one of us, uh, if you, if we had the authority or, or the, or the, the turnaround that says that ah, you can go on holiday, you can go here, or whatever the case may be, people would have went. People were still jumping to get out and break COVID rules themselves. So, it, even in the midst of all these other lockdowns, so um, I, it was sanctioned. They went, and while they're there, they've got a, they've got a day downtime. Uh, they're entitled. I mean, if if it was me, try and stop me having a pint. And I'm this not, talk John, about John, I'm Franny, not saying Danny have a pint. I'm not saying Danny no, have a pint. Danny be seen. Like, who, 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 who's seen having a pint? Who, who, well, I seen it was in the paper, but then right, you'll not so believe that because you didn't believe pictures. Danny put, put yourself in a position to get a picture taken. Nah, I don't agree with that. I mean, I'd see the point of calling it a jolly and stuff if they were like maybe. I'm not calling it a jolly. I'm not calling it a jolly, but there was plenty. No, I know, but like if there was maybe empty pint tumblers all lying about, run about them, but like. 
it was a casual pint. They could have been sitting talking about tactics and what they were going to do in training the next day and they having a one to one. And I mean, look at it. The, the, the narrative was just painted off a pint because people want to jump on things and think the worst of things and like make up their narrative for their, their story. And You've never seen it under Rogers, that's all I Not totally us. agree. I think if you look at it, well, and it's, but, it was, but Rogers did. They managed Celtic madly a pandemic, so it wasn't. Hey, as, he was the one that started the Dubai as... trip. He went to. He was the one that started the Dubai trip. Look, can Aye. I can I just say as well? I, like I said, I agree with what Ross is saying. I think it was blown way out of proportion. The players are away. No, and the, the worst thing about it is the fact that it gave then. The, them the the green light to, to turn in and say well all these players now need to self isolate because you were away during uh, such and such a stage of lockdown despite the fact that they, they, they allowed it to happen in the first place uh, if in all honesty if the Scottish government were to do anything uh, they should have been it should have been off flights in and out of the country should have been stopped well before that I but agree. they didn't and yeah. they've only got themselves to blame but for Celtic as a club to go away as they they have been doing going to Dubai. That's not out with the norm. Should I, I don't agree they should have went because there is people who were stuck indoors. They couldn't go out. They couldn't go and see loved ones, friends, family, all the rest of it. Weren't able to enjoy themselves. So you, you, when whoever this person, whichever paper he worked for or whichever, whoever he is, who knew that Celtic were there, were waiting for an opportune moment to, to get close to them, breaking rules himself, no doubt, taking this picture and then that getting widespread, it just gave people, like you said, Franny, I understand what you're saying because you shouldn't have put yourself in that position, but they're entitled to have a, to sit I, I'm not at a hotel and have a drink. I, we talk about the board, no reading the room. I don't think the Celtic players and manager read the room that day. Nah, I, this is, my, my, the final thing I'll say on it is, given the fact that it was shank, sanctioned and they were out there, and on their, with their downtime, they're entitled to sit poolside uh, and have a drink. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. The, I agree. The, I'm the picture that came out, people jumped on it, and the the reaction to it was ridiculous. Yeah. And um, what I'm going to do now, guys, <coughs> I'm going to put my running shoes on and zoom for a few things here, bring us towards the end of the season. Now, what we're seeing here accumulating was that bad run, was up, run of results. We got beat 2 1 the 30th of January by St. Mirren. Fast forward to the 21st of February, we could beat 1 0. <clears throat> against Ross County, basically a bogey team this season who have spanked us a lot. But not sh not, not long after that, Neil Allen F post, and then came Mr. Kennedy. And he came in to take interim charge of Celtic. And again, it resulted in, in different results, draws with Drew against Rangers in the Glasgow Derby, 1-6-0 against Livingston, 1-8 Aberdeen, spanked off Rangers 4-1. Oh, that's terrible. And I think he won in the total four out of 10 games in charge, one being against a, a League One team in Falkirk. Yeah. So we'll come to that. And I'll come to yourself, William, here, touching upon that Scottish Cup that you said you were confident in regards to maybe getting somewhere with it. And we get pumped out by our Glasgow W rivals, Rangers, who again we didn't lay a glove on all season. They beat us 2 0. And I'll come to yourself for this, William, first. I want you to just sum up your feelings to this season. The high ended and where we are now as a team, um, as low as we possibly could be. Uh, it's actually got worse when Lennon left. I, I think I don't think I, I think I speak for everybody when uh, there was a collective sigh of relief and we thought we're going to get somewhere. But 
the, where we are now when we're actually worse off. Uh, I'd have been, I'd have much preferred. It's, it's genuinely been how many weeks now? It's been just weeks and weeks of in the dark. In nine weeks, I would have mm-hmm. much rather they actually just said, you know what, Lennon's going to, he's going to take us to the end of the season. If they knew this was a situation, obviously in hindsight they might not have known it. But I'd much rather they just said if he, he's into the end of the season, then they can, and then nobody would be questioning where's the new manager or the rest of it. We know Lennon's at the exactly. end of the season, and that's it. Um, and not, not not much has changed. Obviously, it looks like they were wanting Kennedy to, to come through and win every game and win the Scottish Cup, and then he could have been the saviour in the showers. Uh, but that's not the case. So um, it's just been an absolute shambles. If you told me at the start of the season that we would win absolutely nothing and Kilmarnock won a double, I'd have put you in a straitjacket. St. Johnson. St. Johnson. Uh, Johnson, Johnson, sorry. Aye, St. Johnson won a double, I'd have put you in a straitjacket. Uh it's just been a complete and utter shambles, and I'm I'm I've never wanted an ending uh, a season to end so much, and I'm just I, like I said, I'm a glass half full type of guy, so I'm looking forward to the new manager coming in and us being back where we belong and winning that league title back next season. Yeah, and now if they come to yourself, and actually before I do, I'm quite disappointed on his like kind of clung on them and Mister Candy pun there. WWE wrestler. I, um, I, I was just waiting when you uh, were coming to me, uh, Stephen. I was going to. Uh, I love that wee pun there. I actually quite liked him <laughs> when he was on the WWE, so I was going to give you credit for it. I've been coming to yourself, much like William. Give me your overall feeling towards how the season ended, like I described there, being in the Scottish Cup again, and your hopes for next season, and how you feel we are as a team now. Uh, yeah, like. Um, well, he said there, um, it maybe actually wouldn't have been the worst idea just to, to keep Lennon in post until the end of the summer because it would have sort of it would have stopped all this constant gossip uh, with regards to who would be taking over. It would just be a case of get this season out of the way and then and then we can move forward. Um, yeah, I mean, as as well he says, I mean, if if you took a knock to the head last summer and only woke up now um, in your hospital bed and somebody explained to you um, what, had, what had happened throughout the year. I mean, you'd just be telling a nurse to put you back under again, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> it's been, a, it's disastrous, doesn't even doesn't even sum it up. It, it really doesn't. Um, hopes going forward, as I say, hopefully by this time next week, although we've been saying that uh, for a while now, <laughs> um, the new manager will be in place and um, Things, things can, and the minute that happens, from the, the second that becomes official, everything starts looking looking better for me. Um, and I, I hope, um, you know, sooner the better, personally. But um, and, and as bad as it's been since uh, since Lennon left, of course, there has been the one big thing um, that's kept us all going, and that's of course been the start of the uh, the Endless Selks podcast. So yes. uh, as bad as it's been, we've uh, we've we've fair enjoyed coming on here on a, a Tuesday and Friday and. Airing more views on the on the club we love, so I would believe next year we're going to be talking about being at the games, what we going for a pint before and after the games. Um, you know, Adidas no doubt will launch a couple of cracking new tops. We'll have a professional in the dugout. We'll have a new some some new players. Um, Lawwell will be yesterday's news. As Yaz once famously sang, my man, the only way is up. Uh, no, let's go for next year. Anthony, you um, missed it. John will have his own video by that time as well. Oh, okay. oh absolutely, yeah. Thanks for doing that, boy. Come on, come on, yourself, John. Give, give me your thoughts, your feelings, and your hopes. And also, guys, I mentioned 
we did what we did secure the quadruple treble during this season, even though it was part of last season. I can't be forgot about as all we say. Fantastic achievement. I mean, <clears throat> unbelievable record we had in cup competitions up until this season. But John, coming to yourself, end the season, how did you feel? Looking forward to the future. Yeah, no, so end of season, like William says, I just couldn't wait until it was done. Like every it just seemed to be the longest season ever as well. It's just you, you were coming into like you said, we started this podcast and it's been fantastic and we've been able to still talk about Celic, but none of it's been good good news. <laughs> uh, we still managed to have a laugh in that and and we're still all enjoying it, but it, it's it and, and it certainly helped. Uh, it certainly helped me anyway uh, in coping with the disaster this season's been because it's gained as an outlet. Um, but it's yeah, I I just couldn't wait like till the season was done. And uh, in terms of looking forward, like Anthony says, as soon as the the managers announced, we can start we can start looking forward and then start getting something to be excited about again. And then uh, just getting things back to normal and getting back on top where we should be. Yeah, hundred percent. So I think we all echo that. And Ross, coming to yourself, how are we feeling? Um, I, I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, <laughs> it's ever the happier. Uh, uh, we we finished the season there first time in a long time that we've ended the season without a trophy. Um, but uh, there's better Celtic teams than the the current one that have uh, ended the season without a trophy. It happened in I think it was. Season 0203 when we got to the Cup final and stuff, but I mean it's it's the way you lose and the way we've relinquished our titles has been totally unacceptable this season. But it's how you come back for that, I suppose, uh, and and that's the that's the test now. Uh, last season was, for want of a better word, shite. But let's put <laughs> that behind us. Uh, get back to winning ways. Uh, we're Celtic. We keep moving forward. Uh, and for for next season, um, I'm expecting obviously your man uh, Eddie Howe to come in. I expect there to be a fair bit of movement uh, between players coming and going. Um, what else? I I think that he's been working behind the scenes already. I really hope that. Uh, and I I think that standards are going to rise when we get this man in the dugout and working with the players. Uh, and I expect the, the league title back at Parkhead uh, at the very least um, I think if we recapture uh, the form that we've had previously uh, you could you would hope that we can add a cup to that but I, I, I'm, I'm not a greedy person uh, so I would accept the league title next season yeah. but absolutely nothing less and they're not that good so it's going to happen. Yeah. And come with yourself, Francis, finish us off. Just, just relief. Just relief that it's over, really. It's one of the, like, I don't know if it's as bad as the Mowbray season. It probably, probably is worse. I've not actually really properly looked at it. But yeah, it's just, just glad that it's been such a disaster this season. Just everything we've touched on and stuff. Yeah, it was just, it's just a relief that it's, it's done. And just looking forward to next season, like, like the guys were saying, it's just, Challenging on all domestic fronts again. Obviously, essential that we win the league. Uh, or hopefully, although Europe's not essential for me, I do appreciate that we need to. We are we are Celtic. We need we need to kind of get a wee bit of respect back within Europe and maybe being in 
as stupid as this sounds, being in the Europa League, maybe isn't the, the worst thing because you can maybe get a wee run out of that and stuff. But I do like probably the rest is like like the Champions League, and sometimes it's just you're just in there for the glory, and that's it, just to get the big teams. But yeah, just looking forward to next season because surely, surely it can't be as bad as what we've just witnessed this last year. Yeah, and from myself, Stephen, the, the host of End the Cells podcast, I want to thank everyone who follows and listens to our show because, as Anthony and John said, this show was born out of this crap season. And this is a bright spark for myself. It's we come on to this, defend, to talk, have a laugh, bring on special guests. Speaking of things coming up as well, Anthony has a fantastic spin-off show coming up in regards to youth football, youth structuring around young footballers in Scotland and in Europe. Ross has a fantastic spin-off episode coming up in regards to the centenary year that the Celtic did so well in. So they're all things to look forward to. And John, I'm going to put you on the spot here, but I want to give you a bit of recognition because we always do when I can. You're you're the co-host and you're the man who gets us up on these platforms, the likes of Spotify, YouTube and iTunes. And we'll have some fantastic news in regards to the video side of things, which hopefully we will be on soon. So hand over yourself, John. Could you please explain a bit more? Uh, yeah, so uh, obviously since this started, uh, 30 odd episodes now deep, including not including the specials, obviously, uh, we've been audio only. Uh, so for the likes of like, Spotify, iTunes or any other platform that people are listening to us on, uh, it's it's absolutely fine. But for for the likes of people who are looking at us uh, for us on YouTube, uh, you'll be able to put our face to the names <coughs> because I think we're, we're ready to move to video we're getting things set up at the minute um and we should be ready to definitely get into the new season uh but hopefully over the next couple of weeks we'll we'll be li- not live but <laughs> we'll be uh, you'll be able to see us and you'll be able to actually see us react and talk about celtic and whatever else is going on so we're all looking forward to that yeah which is fantastic news for the channel and we'll have another special guest lined up sam wardrop that interview will be available on Saturday, the former Celtic youth captain. And from us at the end of the Celts, we thank you for listening and we hope it continues for many, many years and seasons to come. And until next time, until next time we we'll speak, stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail.